Dan's Drive-In Double Feature presents One Minute with European Zombies Circa 1980, Episode 41. Hey! We are getting close to the halfway-ish point, and um, you probably don't know who I am. I'm Dan, your co- your co-host. Oh my gosh, is there someone else here? Oh, my dog George is. Hi, George. I am Dan, your host. Say, say your main host if George wants to join in on this episode for the podcast. We are covering two European zombie movies post Dawn of the Dead, post Lucio Fulci's zombie in the haze and wave of zombie movies that came out in the early 80s. We are talking about uh, Roland's Zombie Lake and Bianchi's Burial Ground. In this episode, we're talking about them uh, in that order. And we, we switch the orders as we go. I, you know, I fit, we hit the halfway point. I figure maybe, maybe there are some new folks joining in. But let us dive into Zombie Lake Minute 41. And the previous minute, the mayor's story of the reporter ended. We met Helena, the baby who was born during the war, who's now, I'm calling her 10. And we see a sort of, I don't know if it's a Volkswagen-y van. I don't know why I keep thinking of that. But it's some sort of van. It seems to have giggly ladies in it. And there's a little banner on the side that says Basket PF12, which I love so much and I know is never, ever going to get explained to me. Listen. for the death of Miss Gassick. Uh, may I suggest that you should lose no time in organizing a hunt before new victims are reported, which unfortunately is likely. He only says unidentified once on the French version. He talks a lot more on the English version than he does the French version until he opens the letter, and then he says a lot of different things. Uh, the, the first half of the minute uh, is the gals getting out of about nine of them pile out of the van like a a blonde in a cut off shirt stretches and and then the van they throw open the door of the van about eight gals i think get out and they've got volleyball they look like volleyballs and and it's like oh the lake's over there like they're gonna i i i guess they could be some distance from the lake but they all look excited to take a little break and go to the lake but then before any of that happens we cut to the mayor sitting at his at his uh, desk. What the heck is that? The owl, that giant owl griffin monster thing that's on the right side. I love it. And the huge books on the left. And I love it. I think, I think, in the background, to his right, on our left, I think he has that painting from the end of Byron Quisenberry's Scream. You know the one. The, you know, the captain, when they gave him nary another ship. When Woody Strode tells his story, I think that's the painting of the captain. I think. I've never fully understood the ending of Byron Quisenberry's Scream. I want to watch it again today and not understand it again right now. Looking at this scene with the mayor, as the camera slowly zooms in on him as he's opening a letter and then he reads it, 
Uh, luckily, we don't see anyone. I mean, it's like finally they figured out like, and there's so many mirrors there. I mean, this must be, I mean, look behind them. One, two, three, four, five, six. There are like six or seven little mirrors behind them. This must be a location where they were like, you can use it all you want, but you can't touch anything. Mm. But you can have Howard Vernon sit in places. So what I'd like to do, because there's not much going on here apart from an old gentleman reading a letter, but he's not reading a letter. We're just hearing his, you know, hearing him in his mind reading the letter and a bunch of attractive women jumping out of a van for like 20, 25 seconds and, you know, getting excited about that. Uh, so I, I, what I want to do is I, oh, I will say this. This is the second time I've recorded this. I thought I could say what he's saying in English and then say what he's actually saying in the French version because they're very different. I can't pull that off. I tried it. It was ridiculous. So think about what he was saying in the English version. And I'm just going to read you what the actual letter says in the French version, which is what I'm presuming um, that he's reading. So it's, um, well, it starts off right away with like in the, in the English version, it's like, um, you know, it's a wild animal who killed this woman. It doesn't quite do that here. It's, Dear Mr. Mayor, I suggest that you lose no time in organizing a hunt for what appears to be a wild beast. And that's at the point where, yeah, it's like um, a wild beast killed Kathika. Is that is that her name? And he shakes his head. No, 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 no. At this point, though, around the wild beast and when he shakes his head, you could see like a red letterhead on top of the paper. And I don't think it says it, but boy, I'd love it if that was Eurocini's letterhead. Oh my gosh, could you imagine that? A letter from Eurocini. What could be better than that? So the camera's zooming in for what appears to be a wild beast. Come in from the tundra during winter. It should be killed before it claims new victims. And that's the end of the minute there. Oh, oh no, wait, I'm sorry. Kind of the end of the minute is... Oh, is it... Um, before it claims new victims. Sorry, everyone. We're on the fly sometimes here before it tries to claim new victims. Yes. Okay. And, and, and that freaking owl. Yeah, I. Okay, the last, the last subtitle does come up right before the second minute ends, the last second. Try to lure it with livestock in order to capture it. And I love, like, that's what is being said on there in the actual letter but what is going on that he's actually saying in the english version is like semi sort of a different story i i think he what he's what i'd like to think is what he's reading in the french is what it and forgive me if that was confusing i i feel like that was confusing but it is slightly confusing when you watch the two together but i feel like what he's reading in the french is a disinterested party telling them what they, they think is going on Whereas he, in his mind, it's translating to a very personal thing regarding what he knows is going on with the lake and the people in this village. That is what I think. And the minute ends with us very close to the letter, but I still can't quite make out E-U-R-O-C-I-N-E. It's maybe one too many letters, but I'd love it if it was. So yeah, we pull it on Howard Vernon, who can never sort of settle on, should I comb my hair for this shot? Shouldn't I comb my hair for this shot? I think by this point... I think his hair was better combed in Ogroff a few years from now. But I think by this point, he was like, I just show up and they give me some money. Boom. 
But yeah, so that's what's going on. So he, a bunch of hot gals jumped out of a van and they're going to go to the lake. And he's reading a letter from the coroner, I imagine, saying that uh, it was a wild animal that killed this woman, but he knows better. It was a Nazi zombie. So forgive the confusion of any of that minute, folks. I was trying to try to make that go as, as smoothly as I could. Um, but yeah, just, just to show the, the, the differences in the two things there. And also, if you're new to this and just starting to listen, if you are watching the Redemption Blu-ray, which is 1 hour, 27 minutes, and 10 seconds, we begin each minute ten, technically 11 seconds in because the first 10 seconds were the re- was the redemption logo so that's why i stopped where i stopped i stopped when 4110 changed to 4111 boom burial ground kathleen is about to lose her head something joyously macabre in this scene where at the end of it Kathleen or Catherine depending upon which version you're watching um, is seen by that guy you nut you I don't remember any George Michael Janet Uh, but the guy with the mustache he's the writer apparently and he's been creeping through the halls uh, looking around and he sees her and and we, when he sees her in the room, we're seeing it from her point of view, and we're seeing her through the doorway, through that room to the window, where she seems to be kind of like half leaned out of the of the window, hole in the wall, like she's going to fall out, and it looks a little weird. And it's just great to, to think like he's looking at it going, what the heck is that? The hired help, they're always goofing off. She decides to, we send her out, five minutes later, she's asleep in a windowsill. Oh, God. But we know, of course, what happened. That's at the start of the minute. The scythe came down, cut her head off. And I I always love, as her head is being cut off, just that shot overhead where you see the head drop a distance. So she is on the second floor into like the hands of, and they bobble it around. You know, it's, it's, it's almost like a ball, like a volleyball. Like they're, you know, and the, the, the gals got out of the, um, I don't know what the heck it was, the basket PFIZ van and and they're like hey whoa hey we got this volleyball or whatever but here they got a human head and it's great and so then we get you know long shots of you know the headless body squirting blood and it is still rather dark but it is i feel it's a little less dark than it was um as a cheap film you know they, they did what they did they had they had a dummy with a with a head on it that could be removed with a scythe and and the head comes off and it's a it's a gross concept there's this woman headless woman with her hand spiked to a, a shutter um 
And luckily he got the shutter because I guess if was the house made out of? I guess it's made out of wood. Um, but yeah, so they're eating her head, I guess. And then the, the, the end of the minute is, yeah, Mr. Mustache creeping along. Isn't it too bad? Like if he had if he had actually gone out with her, not like gone with her. Maybe they could have spotted what was going on and he could have saved it. I mean, because that's one of the things. When she gets hit in the hand with the, the spike and the zombies are there, she doesn't like, I need to try to pull the spike. I mean, it's a zombie who's hundreds, maybe thousands of years old. I know he got you with the spike, but how hard could he have thrown the spike? Try. I mean, as horrible as it sounds, try to get your hand free. So I, I watched a film yesterday called... In the Tropic of Cancer, at the Tropic of Cancer, it was in Italian. It was on a German DVD, and it looks like it looks like it's trying to make one think of Henry Miller and Tropic of Cancer. It's early '70s. It's basically a giallo, and it, but it's it try it's trying to make itself look very lurid. And in it, there's a scene, and I had never heard of the film until last night when I watched it, and so I'm gonna guess that maybe you all haven't too but there's a scene in it where like uh, this rather hapless gentleman is in this old like warehouse construction site kind of thing and he's sort of there's like a pit thing with like a grinding wheel in it and he he's wandering around he looks in that and then he opens a door and the killer has arranged this like steam pipe to go off spraying steam in his face at least I, th- I think it goes off I don't think the steam is constantly spraying on the door but like he opens the door and all of a sudden you just see inside the room this steam pipe just spraying steam on his face and he just stands there going ah! for about five seconds and you see him he's horribly burned he can barely see and then he ends up getting pushed into this pit and the top is put over the pit and he dies in there and so the moment, like, you open a door, you know, it's like we, we have our, our dog, Crumpet, is getting very old, and she's a little achy here and there. And so when we try to trim her or, or, or trim her fur, she immediately is like, arr, 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 and she comes right at us. And you know what? My wife and I are able to, whoa, whoa, get away from her almost all the time before she bites us or nips at us. So surely if you were to open a door and there was a steam pipe spraying at your face, you could go, ho! to the left or the right and get out of the way. I'm just thinking of, uh, there's a Bourbon Street Beat episode where was it, uh, um, Kenny, the character of Kenny is sprayed with steam and is able to save someone as he's being sprayed with steam. And then the rest of the episode, he has like these huge bandages on his hands, but no one really seems to reference it, which is weird. Maybe steam is a, a certain, you go from country to country, steam is dealt with in a different way. But you, you figured like, I mean, think about it. If you were to open a door and there was a steam pipe pointed at at you that began spraying steam at you, you'd probably get nicked by it. But you could go, whoa, and get out of the way. He just stands there. And and that's the thing with like, she got a zombie threw a spike and hit her in the hand. You're going to have a few seconds try to get that freaking thing out of there. I don't, I don't care if you have to pull your hand out of there. And I don't care because you're going to die. And how about this? When the scythe is is raised in the air, I know they can go for your arm, but get out of the way of the scythe, Kathleen Catherine. I don't know. I'm going to miss her. But it's just, it's one of those great early 80s slasher-esque killings where it's like it's completely goofy. But I love it. I love it so much. I love to watch the head fall in the hands of the zombies. I am one sick son of a bitch.
But yeah, that's the minute. Her, her head comes off, they start to eat her head, and uh, Mr. Mustache sees her and is confused by her. Why did he just go with her? Why did he just go? You know, he, he, his gal was doing something with, with uh, George's wife, you know, Michael's mom, and they're off doing that. Why, why send? To... Kathleen, Catherine, you shall be missed. This is for you. <laughs> 